0: For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Jack Anderson.
1: I'm Hope Perry. I'm Eden Tushama.
2: And I'm Mark Trudici. You're listening to Daybreak.
0: In this Daybreak special series, we're taking you through the last few weeks of Princeton's fall 2021 semester. This is A Tale of Many Emails, Episode 4, Breaking News and What Comes Next. It's Monday, December 27th.
2: As the past few weeks have demonstrated, and really as the entire last year has shown, the COVID-19 pandemic and our response to it are ever-changing. Earlier today at 11.55 AM, the undergraduate community received an email from Dean Jill Dolan and Vice President Rochelle Calhoun.
0: The most immediate change is that undergraduates will be coming back to campus later. Under the new guidelines, students cannot return until January 14th, one week later than previously planned. Additionally, students will need to sign up for a specific date to move in between the 14th and the 23rd and submit a COVID test upon arrival. It sounds sort of like move-in last January, but without the mandatory seven-day quarantine. Students will need to test negative before partaking in in in-person events or classes.
1: The decision was based on modeling that suggested the 10-day period of return from January 14th through the 23rd will flatten the curve of campus positivity rates, allowing the university to better respond to an expected increase in positive
3: cases. In the email, Dean Dolan clarified that, quote, hardship funds would be made available to, quote, some students who incur costs as a result of the changed move-in dates. The University Safety Net fund request form linked in the email noted that requests received after noon on December 20th would not be reviewed until the week of January 3rd, 2022, meaning some students will have to pay for changes to travel upfront before knowing if they qualify for assistance.
2: Next, there were some big announcements about Winter Session. Unless students have been on campus for all of Winter Break, they won't be allowed to participate in in in-person events during the first week of Winter Session. For the second week from January 17th through 23rd, anyone who wants to participate in in in-person events should sign up now for a date to return to campus, keeping in mind that they'll need to test negative before partaking in such events.
0: There will be restrictions on travel for Winter Session, too. Indoor trips to New York City and Washington DC will be canceled. Indoor trips to New Jersey and Pennsylvania, along with all outdoor trips, will be allowed, according to the Winter Session website. No trips or activities that involve food indoors will be permitted.
1: The Office of Winter Session and Campus Engagement said on their website, quote, Many of your sessions will stay as they are. Some may be canceled or move virtual,
3: but we and or your facilitators will keep you posted about that. Isolation housing will remain available. However, with increased transmissibility of the Omicron variant, the university anticipates reaching a point where it is not able to accommodate all those students who test positive in isolation housing.
2: For those who test positive once isolation housing has exceeded its capacity, they'll be required to quarantine within their normal dorm rooms. If someone tests positive but wants to isolate somewhere off campus, they can do so if they leave in a personal vehicle, sort of like the situation with leaving during finals.
0: If the university sees a high need for isolation space, they plan to prioritize isolation dorms for students who share bedrooms. Students living on campus and singles will be allowed to isolate in their own rooms if necessary.
1: Students who were on campus last spring will remember some restrictions on personal travel. Those will be making a return under the new rules. Starting January 8th through at least mid-February, no personal travel will be allowed outside of Mercer County and Plainsboro Township. It seems that some winter session trips are exempt from this, though. As previously mentioned, winter session trips to
3: anywhere in New Jersey and Pennsylvania are still on. Another important change for students, the restrictions on in-person gatherings that were implemented in December will remain in place until mid-February. That means that undergrads must limit any residential gatherings either on or off campus to 20 people, and that any other indoor gatherings may not include food or any activities that require people to take off their masks.
0: As previously announced, the university is now requiring students to receive a vaccine booster by January 31st, or 30 days after they become eligible. The university vaccine clinic will continue offering booster shots at Jadwin Gym, starting back up again on January 5th.
2: So that's where we're at. A fourth major email to wrap up this month has brought back restrictions on move-in, gatherings, and travel, and will likely make the first few weeks of the semester feel a bit like last spring, but with one key difference classes are still in person. According to Deputy University Spokesperson Michael Hotchkiss, this has always been key to the school's planning for the spring. In an email just last week, he reminded us that, quote, the university has made a commitment to continue in-person residential education at this point in the pandemic.
3: So even before today, we could have guessed at some of the major features of the upcoming semester. In fact, we already knew a lot about what the next couple months would look like both here and at other schools throughout the Northeast.
0: At Princeton, most spring study abroad programs have been canceled after a feasibility review conducted by OIP, Global Safety and Security, and University Health Services. As for the summer study abroad programs, Hotchkiss says the university doesn't yet have a clear prediction about whether or not they'll be able to run.
1: A few weeks ago, Harvard announced it would be moving its January activities online for undergraduates. This meant that basically the equivalent of our winter session would be made virtual. Regardless, the decision got lots of coverage, as Harvard's move made it the first Ivy to set up a virtual plan for the first month of 2022.
2: Elsewhere in the Northeast, Yale announced last week that their spring semester would start a week later, and as a result, their spring break would be cut by seven days. Columbia announced that the first two weeks of their spring semester would take place online, and the University of Pennsylvania pushed back January move-in and moved its first week online.
3: Brown and Dartmouth served as points of contrast before Princeton joined them on that front today. In a letter to the campus community on December 21st, Brown University President Christina Paxson wrote that, quote, we do not anticipate any significant changes to the university operations or activities in the coming weeks. Dartmouth announced on December 17th that they were planning to stay in person for their winter quarter, starting in January, though they did announce updated restrictions amid the Omicron surge. Cornell has been quiet, interestingly. They were the first to sound the alarm on an Omicron
1: variant surge, as their Ithaca campus averaged over 250 student cases per day between December 11th and 15th. Since then, their campuses remain mostly shut down moving into holiday break. But they haven't made any announcements about the upcoming semester other than requiring a booster shot.
0: We reached out to quite a few schools to see if they'd be willing to give us more details on their planning processes for the spring. Harvard, Yale, NYU, Rutgers University, Penn, and Dartmouth College didn't respond to requests for comment. Cornell and Columbia didn't answer any specific questions, instead referring us to their COVID-19 resource sites.
1: There's still a lot we don't know about how these guidelines will play out on campus. For example, dining halls will offer grab-and-go meals for students to take before they receive negative test results. But it's unclear whether those same options and requirements will be in place for students
3: in eating clubs. There's also some uncertainty surrounding isolation housing. In a December 17th message to the Dartmouth community, it said, quote, students who test positive for the virus may be required to isolate in their residence or dorm room with their roommates. Princeton's email today didn't go quite as far, instead saying if there is a, quote, high need for isolation space, they'll prioritize the isolation dorm for students who share bedrooms. But this is a deviation from the policies of the past few semesters.
0: There will be a USG Senate Town Hall on January 5, 2020 at 4 p.m. with Dean Dolan, Vice President Calhoun, and other Princeton administrators. You can register to attend and submit questions in advance through the links included in the email announcing the event.
1: Classes for now seem likely to be in person, as planned, when they begin on January 24th. Dean Dolan's email stated that students must receive a negative test before attending their first class.
2: If we've learned anything from the past two years, it's that all these rules are still subject to change. Dolan indicated that the current guidelines will be in place until mid-February, but if conditions change, another email could come and upend life on campus yet again, and we'll be there to keep you up to date. That's all for Daybreak today, and that's all for A Tale of Many Emails. Today's episode was written by Jack Anderson, Jenna Elliott, Hope Perry, Eden Tashoma, and me. Sound engineered by Hope Perry and produced under the 145th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horan, class of 2022. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Mark Dodici. Have a great day, and we'll see you in January.